0: What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I'm your host, Greg. You're listening to episode 167, I think. I think it's 167. But I'm here tonight with Ryan, but then also had to pull in emergency reinforcements and Jake Rivard from <laughs> winging it in Motown tonight to talk about, I guess, I had no plan before tonight. And then this morning, I just thought I would use Jay Fresh's new war roster builder to come up with something yeah, and touched a nerve. And then Ryan... Chaos. Ryan touched it even further, and then we bought, uh, brought in writer and noted Philip Zadina hater Jake to come and talk about. <laughs> Haters uh, loaded. What we're what we're going to talk about tonight, which which is going to center a lot around Philip Zadina. But I want to know how you guys are doing tonight first before we kind of uh, dig into it. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing all
1: right. I'm actually excited to do my uh, first David Iris game. So. Um, this will be my emergency backup goalie Jeez. podcast. Great.
2: Uh, I mean, other than this wings game, I'm doing just fine. They're <laughs> currently playing Boston and
1: playing is a
0: loose doing term.
2: Typical things of the the recent Red Wings, so it's fucking awful.
1: Other than this wings game, I'm doing fine. Is Evergreen? You could apply that <laughs> pretty much any night. Is that trademarked? Yeah.
0: It is now. <laughs> it's we're playing what some people might call hockey. I guess it's just yeah. still. You could listen. I said this earlier. You could listen to last week's episode, and there will there's zero difference between last week and and this week. It's the same thing over and over again. They just let
2: up a god awful short handed goal where Boston had more pressure than their own power play unit, which is it's really not surprising at this point. No, but it's
1: it just leaves me dumbfounded. I think every time anymore, it's just the slogan I've been using this year is endure the Detroit Red Wings. Can you feel
0: it? And you feel it, Mr. Hang dear life. <laughs> it's terrible. The, the Red Wings pressure is that of a half running garden hose. That's literally what the pressure is right now. Like there's nothing in Larkin even said it last week. He's basically says there's no, no one is having a good time in the locker room. No one's having fun. So who's showers
1: put on more pressure than this team. That's a damning quote from him. It is. And they replayed it before the game too.
0: I mean, it's it's true. And when the captain says that, you got to do something. Now they're not going to fire Blasher right now because there's what like, twelve games left after this, thirteen Yo. games. There's no point, really. But you you can't. I mean, morale is still important to a certain point. And we have a shitty schedule coming up, like really shitty schedule, where we play the best teams in the league to like close out the season. So it's. It's not going to be fun, but we're going to get into tonight's subject where I, like I said, brought up the war roster builder and almost half mistakenly left Zadina off the roster because I think he is probably one of the, probably one of the bigger chips you can use in around the draft, try and get extra draft capital out of him because I had a hard time fitting him in the top six. I picked us up a second line center. We had talked before in Ryan Strom. I had Bergeron making the, the other slot on the second line. And if I'm playing Philip Zedina on this team, I think he needs to be in a top six role. He's not a third line grinder. He's not a fourth line grinder. And even then your third line is Robbie Fabry, Pia Suter, Joe Valeno. And who are you pushing down currently? Because Joe Valeno's really come on. So we got flack on both sides of the aisle for it. People who love Philip Zedina say he needs to stay. People who hate Philip Zedina and basically say, He's a mixture of Jonathan Erickson and Riley Shan, and I have no idea. I'm center with he has not been what he is supposed to be. But then I take the other half of it where I say he's 22 years old. This is his first full season in the league. He has really good possession numbers. He has a a fairly low PDO score, meaning he's unlucky. Don't use that stat. I was going yeah. a real stat. Everyone will call stats that are good for him fake. That's what happened today. Those are fake stats. And then they quoted plus minus. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please stop that. You notice how he didn't
2: respond to me after I gave him Larkin's
1: plus minus from a couple years ago in his second season?
0: No, Weird how that
1: conversation stopped. Everything I don't like is fake, but everything that supports my narrative is real. (laughs) Exactly. That's kind of how I go about it. That's that's how Jake writes his articles. If
0: if it's wrong (laughs) in there, it's only because you think it's wrong.
1: Or if I changed my mind later, then all I was doing was just testing you guys, you know, I was getting warmed up. That was a joke. Didn't you get the joke? I'm looking (laughs) at Zadina's evolving hockey numbers right now and his goals above replacement and expected goals above replacement are awful. They have Mm -hmm. his offense at 20 at the 23rd percentile and defense at seven percentile. Yeah. Don't know if that's bad luck. Don't know if that's awful play. I feel like it's something in between. But I feel like every time Zadina's name gets mentioned, uh, it's like summoning Beetlejuice. You say Zadina three (laughs) times and I pop up. I think it's more like Bloody Mary at this point. (laughs) No kidding.
0: (laughs) Um, But that's why I was looking at Zadina in PDO, and we had talked about it before, is a general measure of how lucky a person is playing. Uh, If pucks are going their way, if chances that are really good chances just aren't going in, and the closer you are to 100, 100 is generally your baseline stat, your repeatable measure. So if you're over 100, you're really lucky and it's not really something that's uh, repeatable or can carry on for a long time. If you're under 100, it means you're probably having some bad luck. So last year, Zadina had a PDO of 102.9, which means he was probably playing a little above his, his level. At that point. And then uh, so last season he had in 49 games played, six goals, 13 assists for 19 points. This season, though, his PDO is at a 95.5. That's very low. Uh, you normally don't see many people that low. And the closest he's ever come to that's a 2019-20 season where he's a 97.5. So he's unlucky right now. I mean, again, most of his starts in the offensive zone, he his defensive zone starts have bumped up a bit to 42% versus 39 last year. But overall, I mean, his Corsi four is a 51.6. His Fenwick four is a 50.9. You want to be above 50 in both of those. It's, it's kind of puzzling. And I think a lot of it, I can attribute to a few things. One, he's shooting directly at the goalie. That's never a good thing, or it's going wide. He's not trying to pick his corners and he's handling the puck for too long in some cases. In other cases, I put some of it on mismanagement. Flashall cannot keep him consistently with the same partners. He drops him down to the fourth line after he's played good, a few games when he plays well with Larkin and Raymond, he gets no reward for it. And I think that's just been a big thing is he's been benched during this season too. So I Zadina is like, is a, is a puzzle to me because the skills are there. He showed it clearly. The confidence is lacking, but the back end of his game Seems absolutely fine. I was reading
1: something about, I think Frank Saravalli or Elliot Friedman mentioned something. Um, Apparently, there are like whispers that a lot of the younger players are very unhappy with the current coaching system.
0: Yeah, we talked about it last week. Saravalli said that there seems to be some basically animosity between some of the younger players and Jeff Blaschel. Who would have ever guessed? Oh, no, no way. I feel like this this
1: discourse always winds up with with two separate camps. You mentioned this earlier, but one is like, um, oh, he's a boss. He's a total bomb, like the worst player of all time. Get rid of him immediately. And then the other Mm -hmm. has just every excuse possible for him. Like, oh, he just needs elite line mates. He just needs better defensive partners behind him. He just needs, you know, X, Y, and Z, where I think the solution is somewhere in the middle. And I think that people really need to... One, temper their expectations if he sticks around. And two, uh, get ready for a name to move. I, I don't know when, I don't know where, but him, Hronik, um, Bertuzzi, and God, somebody's going to kill me in the internet for this. Uh, possibly Jacob Verona. I mean, oh, if there's a good on. enough return, you know, right. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them on the outs.
0: I think Verona would be the last person you'd move because when we talked to Daniela, it seems like he can almost score at will. Yeah. He's your guy that he just picks a spot and it goes there. And we have so little of that past Larkin and Raymond currently, and not really any of that in the system. The next guy we have up is Bergerin. Berggren is a near elite playmaker, and he's got some hands up and tight, but he's not really he's not your sniper. And yep. Verona is everything you wanted Anthony Mantha to be is that elite level sniper who can just pick his spot and go for it.
1: And Zadino was supposed to be that, that sniper too,
0: you know, yeah. when he was drafted, but he was supposed to be a pure goal scorer. I mean, again, and here come the excuses. Zadina's 22. So that's not old. He has not played an entire, this is his first full NHL season, but again, I'll go back. The, points aren't there and the point should for what he's doing, the point should be there. I guess his overall Corsi for even strength currently is 48.2. Now Corsi and Fenwick are uh, possession driving numbers. Uh, when you're control the puck more or less when your team is on the ice or when you are on the ice with your team, believe it or not in the one game, chase Pearson played he had a Corsi four of 75%. um, Second core C4 on the team, Ali Alevi with 61.4. Now that's another player right. I'm pissed off about because I'd love to see more of him, but Jeff Blashell apparently hates him. Dan Renuff came in third. Riley Barber came in fourth. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's a straight 50. Dylan Larkin's a 49.9. Lucas Raymond's a 48.7. And then you got Zadina um, right above Mo Sider. So he's doing things with the puck that, that are good. You can tell that. He can drive into the zone. He can play keep away. He can uh, get, he can deliver pucks to people. A lot of people will really, and I'm kind of in the same camp. His defense has not been phenomenal. He has giveaways on the se- I mean, plenty of giveaways on the season. Let's see. That
2: have led directly to goals.
0: Yeah. 27 giveaways on the season. Uh, that is actually seventh on the team. Uh, number one, Tyler Bertuzzi with 51 giveaways on the season. Oh, I can see that. That's, that's high. Second highest is Philip Ronick with 40. He's kind of your
1: high risk, high reward guy, though. He, is, mean, yep. he is. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, for how many times
2: he tries to dig de- through people, it's, it's, that's, that's a little less surprising than seeing what your giveaway numbers
1: are in an EASHL game on NHL 22. A few months ago, I, I had a take about Zadina. Um, this was a good take. You did? Um, I no. know. See, one yeah. of many. The <laughs> thing is, I got to clear the air, first off. I don't hate Philip Zadina. <laughs> I don't even dislike it. I I don't think any of us do. I know, I know. But, like, you know, I I seem to have garnered the reputation of Zadina hater. Only second to Jay Fresh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I'm not. um, I, I would like to see him succeed. But I'm starting to believe that, in a way, he kind of reminds me of, like, you guys remember how, like, Tatar and Nyquist would, like, a couple days, a couple games a season would just go off and they'd go on these crazy, like, point streaks and then they would just disappear. Yeah, Like he's like diet that.
0: You mean like Athanasiu? Kind
1: of, but like Athanasiu had that 30 goal season, you know. Like there was there was a point where we were like, all right, is this guy for real? But like, I, I don't know. I think there's still something there, but I'm not sure he's gonna find that in Detroit.
0: Yeah, that is one point I kind of made. I said, does Zadina just need a fresh start somewhere? And is it is it something that Iserman could do as kind of a disgruntled prospect for disgruntled prospect kind of trade? And I haven't checked lately, but did Vitali Kraftsoff get traded?
1: No, no, he's still there.
0: Yeah, so I think that might be, and again, what kind of upgrade are you getting? I mean, he's a right wing, he's 22 years old, so same boat as Zadina's in. And he did not play at all with the Rangers this season because he was upset with his usage last season. So he was a number nine overall pick uh, in the 2018 entry draft. And could that be a thing where you just say, we'll give you Zadina, you give us craps off, one for one trade? I don't think anyone in the Detroit fan base would be mad about it. I don't think anyone in the Rangers fan base would be mad about it. And you just go from there because, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, does Iserman see Zadina in the future of the team when I did the lineup and I couldn't find room for him in the top six? And I think he's almost a waste if you put him in the bottom six.
1: Yeah,
2: totally. It d- depending on how your bottom six would be coming into next season, though. Like, do you yeah. actually have some skilled guys sure. at either center or the other wing? Like, is so he might... going to be with a Valeno and a Bergeron? or, or uh, on your third line. And you have just a straight skill depth line right there.
0: So my bottom six in this experiment was Robbie Fabry, Pia Suter, Joe Valeno, just a good third line. And your fourth line was Oscar Sundquist, Mitchell Stevens, Michael Rasmussen. And that's a line that's going to beat the line. shit out of you. They're going to take your lunch money and they're going to score goals. Mm-hmm. That's Fine. what's going to happen. So Mitchell Stevens went healthy. I mean, he was the Luke Glenn Denning with offense. Oh, he was great. So, and then unfortunately he got injured and that's a great shutdown fourth line. I mean, Sunquist is not, I mean, we've seen it not afraid to th- throw the body and can put up points. Michael Rasmussen's put up points on the season and he's been markedly improved over the last half. Uh, there are still people that shit on him, but I don't get it.
1: He's uh, grown a lot from the beginning of the absolutely. season where he was making mistakes like crazy. I mean, now he's, he's really like, Learned his role and leaned into it. Um, and his skating's gotten a lot better. Oh, yeah. Related to Kravstov, so I'm looking at his points right now. In the KHL this season, he had 13 in 19 games and then 9 points in 12 playoff games. To me, that sounds pretty promising. Yeah, that's obviously. happening now, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's a caveat to that. Um, given the current climate of the world, who's to say that Kravstov is going to you know, want to jump ship and you know, join the U.S.? Who's to say, you know, that the KHL is going to even let him. And for a guy that hasn't played any NHL games versus Zadina, who I believe has played over a hundred. Um, I think
0: I would kind of want something
1: more, you know?
0: Well, Kraftsoff's played 20 games for the Rangers in okay. 2020, 21, but he only had four points in 20 games. His complaint was that he should have been getting better situations, which honestly, I think Zadina could make the same, could make the same complaint to Blash. Like I, you need to play me with better players but it's because playing him with guys like ernie is not doing him any favors or putting ernie yeah, on the top all. line is not doing the team any favors. Yeah, if I
1: can so. be a, uh, rebrand myself as a hater of any player, it's it's going to be Adam Ernie
0: now. <laughs> yeah, I don't I didn't understand it then, I don't understand it now. We've talked about Adam Ernie. It's like, just What we, happened we, there? Can we can we just touch on that again sure. for a second? It was like, an illusion. It's all gnomes and illusions, yeah, Ryan. I knew it was an illusion
2: and it was all what is it? What's the line? Delusions and grandeur from uh, delusions quote, of grandeur. A certain, a certain space cowboy. Um, but how do you like the only person I've seen, and he's the easiest person to relate him to, to have such a decline and drop off between seasons?
0: Yeah, is just yeah. an Yeah, Ryan, the only like, like space cowboy I know is Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> so I don't. The worst. I think that the biggest thing from last
1: year was i think he was shooting at like almost a 20 percent like shooting percentage so not maintainable of course and but. i mean the the dude is playing like bottom six minutes so he's playing against like either team's shutdown lines or lines that you know aren't that great and they were in you know the central division where you've got i don't know nashville dallas like they'll still have some solid players but there's not really like they didn't really have that bottom six depth in the last yeah. year so he could catch him off guard. He could get a lot of goals. And then this year he just wow. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. He got into NFTs and his whole <laughs> scoring dropped that's off.
0: That's the same. So actually, that's really <laughs> funny because it seems like the retired hockey players or the hockey players that like were got really bad and couldn't make a team anymore. So they quit. They're all like crypto and NFT guys now. Zach which Boychuk. Is, <laughs> Zach Boychuk is the biggest one. He like mm-hmm. went into all those altcoins and stuff. It's hilarious. I follow him on Twitter <laughs> still. And every once in a while, he pops up like, Zach Boychuk is doing a Twitter spaces about crypto and Dogecoin. I'm like, oh my lord, Zach Boychuk. Who's the other one? Chase Pearson, who just came up and played a game. He's into oh, yeah. NFTs. His, his Twitter avatar is an NFT. These guys love wasting their money, apparently, on art that I can just screen cap.
1: Chris Pronger literally just had a thread about this, about how like young NHL players struggle with their finances and a lot of them wind up in trouble, you know, oh, a couple of course. years after their career. Cause, you know, you're a young kid, you get a ton of money
0: and you're like, How could spend it all I want? Yeah. Evander Kane spent it all on gambling. Like it you, you not that's what they say is when you're a professional player and you're that young, the first thing you need to do is to get a financial advisor yeah you're a mark give I mean, them all your money and let them do things with it like but even then you've got um
1: oh, who is that guy who used to play for columbus he was with pittsburgh for a bit um jack johnson looked, yeah jack johnson like John jack Johnson went bankrupt because him. uh his money was mismanaged to hell
0: what was that his i if i, didn't I remember was correctly parents, was that his actually. family that was it his parents.
2: yeah a yeah. large part of that actually i think all of it was his parents yes. that hurts but they, because they took out investments for him. Yep. You almost
0: can't trust anyone to do it. No, you can trust a professional at a firm to handle your money, whose job it is to do that, or else they'll get fired. Like, Don't you let your parents do it. You think be like all over
2: the, that type of thing.
0: Well, you know, they do health, health classes and all this other stuff. They should do a financial management class. Mm-hmm. Or at least I your agent. I think everybody
2: should do that. <laughs> at least your agent
0: should be able to hook you up with someone. Mm-hmm. So back to Zadina, though. I guess my main question is going over what we've gone over knowing what we know about Zadina, watching him play night in and night out. Do you see a spot on the team for him next season? And if I, he's not I traded, guess, what would you do with him?
1: If he's not traded, I say, yeah. Um, I think ultimately like, you know, the old adage from the Ken Holland era, like tie goes to the vet. Um, ultimately, when a prospect's trying to break in, unless they like absolutely wow, like Raymond and Cider uh, did this last season, they're not guaranteed to make the team right off the bat. Yep. So while Bergeron's, you know, impressive, barring a preseason that gives them absolutely no choice. Um, I, I, you know, if somebody's, if it's gotta be between Zadina and Bergeron, they're probably gonna go with Zadina.
0: That's upsetting. Thank
1: you for upsetting me. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you> for <laughs> Let me give you that reality check just... <laughs> I I, get, I can
2: agree with that simply for this this fact that of if you talk to those that have been watching him in Grand Rapids, the offensive prowess and the drive is there. I mean, I was thrilled to finally get to see him play this weekend. Oh, he right that, that team is bad, and he stands out on that team. It's just that nothing when he gets rid of the puck, things go bad. When he has the puck, things happen, and it happened. That's what led to them getting the. Getting one goal behind late. He had the opening goal for them on Saturday night, or I should say opening shot that led to a redirect goal on Saturday night when he's got, when he's out there, the puck, it just comes to him. But when it, even if he's not even trying to like main, get possession on it, he's, I noticed he did it multiple times the other night. He's so good at just either poking or redirecting the puck as it's coming towards him. And it's on the stick of a one of the, a Griffin's player in stride going off the ice, and he did, it's effortless. I mean, the no. only other ding you could have on it is that, I mean, it's it, small because they are so poor. Like he is smaller, so he's not out there throwing his body around. So defensively, it, it's a potential liability. But at the same time, you're not really relying on him to be out there to do that. You're relying out there him to be out there to set your team up to score goals. Exactly. But I guess the only argue, other argument you can make there is is he going to elevate himself above like a Tara Rossi who is kind of in the exact same spot. Now
1: another Another caveat that I have, I'm looking at the uh, draft order right now and there are two teams in particular that have three first round picks. Um, Buffalo has the, as of right now, the first, uh, or sorry, the eighth, 16th and uh, 31st pick. And then Arizona has, as of right now, again, lottery, million been decided. And
0: five picks
1: first 30th and 32nd. Um, I guarantee I, I can almost guarantee you that one of those two teams is not going to use all three of those first round picks. No, they might want to trust that in, say, a player that they can do you know, a little project work on um, like we would do in the past with some of those other players. Like, you know, we had with Robbie Fabry, for example. Yep. A guy like Zadina, 22, still got potential, just needs a change of scenery, might be the perfect fit. And if Eiserman can find the right guy with that kind of draft pick, worse things have happened, you know?
0: Yeah, it's kind of the same thing he's currently doing with Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman was stuck behind other defensemen. Clearly, there's promise there. I'd say on a lot of nights now, Jake Wallman's our second best defenseman. Why Mm -hmm. he's now relegated to the bottom pair and has not played very much with most Siders beyond me because I think he'd be a great partner for Mo Sider because he and, wants to shoot the puck and Mo is very responsible defensively so if Mo could just feed him and he shoots fantastic but I, I mean, again do you think no. to that
2: point he's just trying to spread the wealth out in terms of talent on the D because they have been such shit
0: well I guess well right now he's playing with Gus Lindstrom and Gus Lindstrom started the season out good and lately has been not yeah. so I think that Sure. Yeah. I mean, since Wallman has proven that there is talent there and that, man, I think that, I think that St. Louis is really going to be sad with that trade starting next season, but they're sad right now. <laughs> yeah.
2: That <If ever laughs> like, wasn't hurt. It'd be this, they would be
0: in their own puddle. Get, get Letty off my fucking team. That's <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that that's, I mean, a good, a good idea, but. I think you could do the same thing by putting stall with, with Lindstrom, Philip Hronik needs someone defensive on his team or on his pair. And that is not Mark Stahl. (laughs) Mark Stahl is for some reason, an offensive juggernaut His his lines break through the charts. When you look at his offense numbers, but I mean, Hronik, my God. If you had anyone to replace him with, I guarantee he'd be benched. Because it's been not good.
1: I think I have like a soft place in my heart for really good offensive defensemen. Sure, and that's fine. I love Mark
0: Stahl. Great. I loved Brendan Smith. (laughs) But But Mark Stahl is more, is better defensively than Haronic has been. And that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. Haronic's been, I
1: I don't know if it's like confidence or what, but it just, it seems like he's hit a lull and he hasn't been able to um, break back into his potential that he had. That and the fact that he was hung out, he's been hung out to drive for almost three years straight now as the team's best defenseman.
0: Well, I mean, and maybe he's, he's one of the young guys that has a problem with Jeff Blaschel. And I could yeah. see it because this thing really started with Hronik. COVID season when he came back from the Czech Republic and play, started playing, we're like, wow, what happened to Hronik? He's not playing well. And then last season he started off good and kind of fizzled and this season's been kind of almost the same thing where he starts off okay and then as the season progresses it just gets progressively worse and like you said it's it's good to have an offensive defenseman you need those on your team you need guys that can move the puck you need guys that can assist and get points but you need a solid defensive partner for him or else it's just going to be really really bad I mean you've seen He's been part of the reason there have been some of these blowout games, or some of these games where there's just four goals that shouldn't happen because the the offense the offenseman skates right by him. Most definitely,
1: yeah. I'm looking at the free agents right now, and I don't really see much that we could do in terms of like defensive defense. Don't
0: like any of it. When we talked to Max, we talked about he he doesn't really like the defense free agent pool because the people that are I guess, quote unquote, better are old. Yep. They're 31 plus years old. I mean, Chris Letang is probably the best free agent defenseman and look and how I old doubt he is. he's going nowhere. Uh, he's Giordano's a uh, free agent too, but I mean, I, I, Toronto's not going to be able to afford him. Uh, but again, he's old. It's not something that's fit to the Red Wings rebuild. Years. Yeah.
1: So, like, the best case scenario I'm looking at right now is like, I don't know, Colin Miller, but he's going to be 30 and even then he's fine yeah
0: and like, I mean I, can, I a, can pull fine out of the miners.
1: yeah exactly you got like maybe a one two year stopgap at most with these guys Kelvin De I again another like yeah eh. well people yeah, keep
0: talking about Donovan Sobrango and I keep telling them Sobrango is young that's no. the thing like he was in the AHL on a technicality they allowed him to stay because of that technicality but he's still young and he's still developing. Jared McIsaac. Jared McIsaac is not a, again, I would call McIsaac a offensive defenseman. That's really what he was drafted as was a guy that could provide a- offense. Man. I have not seen much out of his defensive game, but he's been better this season. He's also been not hurt. That's what really helps. Wait, now you didn't say that. So it's, again, I fully damn expect if you do, damn if you don't. I fully expect Edvinson to make the team. And maybe Edvinson is the defensive partner that Philip Horonik needs.
1: Because but again, you don't you don't really want to put all that pressure on you know a nineteen year old either. Um, you don't. Obviously, Cider leaned into it and has been outstanding. But like, I, I guess I, I don't know what to expect with Edmondson yet. I don't know if I don't think he's going to hit Cider level yet. But like, he could surprise me. He could prove me or wrong. The hand quicker sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you're if you're pairing Edvinson with on the second pair you're not overplaying him so he's he's going to be a little bit more comfortable i think there and i mean all you have to do is say just don't let him fuck up just stop when when you see him starting to fuck up just stop it because that's all you got to do is play i think that also helps one of edvinson's thing is like can edvinson put his whole toolkit together can he play an offensive style of game that he kind of likes but also be okay defensively or be really good defensively because that's what we're expecting of him. But I think that may take a little bit of the. If you pair him with someone like Heronik, let him focus more on defense because Heronik is that offensive style player. So I don't think it. I think that's probably our best case scenario because I would not immediately start Edvinson on the top with Sider because then you put your two best def- what you assume are going to be your best defensemen right there, and then the rest of the lineup is kind of out of balance. I ask you guys a question. No, this is our podcast. No, go ahead, (laughs) Jake. Yeah, I I saw a poll today um, from Tony Ferrari. Love Tony. our favorite bald prospect analyst. (laughs) Um,
1: He labeled, he basically did a poll of a bunch of rebuilding teams, and he asked who you thought was in the bestest to succeed. So in this case, it's, you know, New Jersey, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, uh, Montreal, and I think those are in Arizona. Chicago. I guess Chicago, you could count too. So that's about seven teams out of those teams. Who do you think is currently in the best position to succeed?
0: I would say now this is taking everything into consideration, given their current pipeline, their ability to draft and who's running the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got what the fourth rated prospect pool in all of hockey. We've got what I would consider the best general manager in hockey. I, I would say, I mean, hometown bias, but looking at everything else, I would say us.
1: It's gotta be, it's close between Detroit and New Jersey. In my opinion. I mean, Jack Hughes is just outstanding. Um, you've got uh, Luke Hughes is coming up. Yep. You know, they've got, they've got a great prospect pool. Nico. He a great underrated center. Um, Dougie Hamilton's locked up for the next few years. So like, they'll be fine. It's just, Hard to tell if they're I think they're better now, but I think in the long run, Detroit's gonna be the one that turns out better.
0: Well, yeah, I think Iserman is he's doing what he did in Tampa. He's gonna try and set up a dynasty. And that's what you gotta do in professional sports in the cap era, is you gotta set the team up to succeed long term, or else you're fucked with money like Toronto.
1: You guys think they're gonna finally break out of that first round? No,
0: absolutely not. (laughs) It's a curse.
2: Yeah, I'm torn because I mean. You look what New Jersey's got, and you're just confused as to how they continue to be bad. <laughs> I mean, as you just kind of listed out the guys that they've had on this team, but then you think about what Detroit's got, because I don't know what New Jersey's got coming up the pipeline, but I think Ottawa is going to make a real strong case sooner rather than later. But is that going to be sooner than Detroit? I'm not sure like who's gonna be leading the charge for Ottawa when it comes to that point. They're Montreal, I think, finally getting rid of the bullshit front office of Bergevin and whatever his nuts this, the other French dude was that was coaching him for, for that faux Stanley Cup run, is what I'm gonna call it. Um Mickey Mouse run. Yeah. <laughs> the, the world's
0: You were the best team in the world's worst conference.
2: Yeah. I mean, they're they're hard for me to read because they had a playoff team supposedly and then now they're one of the worst teams in hockey but they're they made the right front office moves cuz they they brought in gordon right yep they got gordon and
1: martin st louis
2: yeah bringing in gordon i think is one of the best moves any team could have made the fact that he was on the market as long as he was blew my mind because he turned around new york very quickly, and that's kind of terrifying of how he could probably potentially do that in Montreal as well. He was the now Boston.
0: the only thing holding New York together is Shostakovich.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was the one who but, built Boston into you know the powerhouse they were in the early 2010s.
2: So that one, I, I think that Montreal is going to be a few years away, but it could be sooner because he's not afraid to go make moves and spend to bring in those top like the right players to fit what he's trying to put together. Now it's just going to be about their coaching, which maybe St. Louis could be very well be that, which blows my mind. So I, I think Ottawa near term could be the, the scary one to watch, but what are they, they've got to fix goaltending more than anything. And they have Pierre Maguire still. Oh, and that's Lord. the other one that could end <laughs> up fighting them in the <laughs> asshole. But I mean, for the bias sake that you've got to think that we're, on the cusp because of what's coming through the prospect line. But you could really say that for any, any of the teams that we just touched on, because they've all been bad. They've all had decent picks and they've made the right moves to acquire more and or backed up their prospect line. So I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell because they've all been just shit for no, like New Jersey confuses me. I don't know how they've been so bad. Maybe it's just because they're in New Jersey. They have bad goaltending, and yep, they but, killed Jonathan Bernier. Yeah, that's true.
1: They did bring um, Bernier. He never did. He even play a game for them this year. No, he, he got, got hurt. hurt that soon. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on purpose. Um,
1: Didn't want to play. I just I just saw a stat speaking of Montreal. Um, so Cole Caulfield, since uh, Martin St. Louis took over, has 15 goals in 25. Yeah, games. he sure does. I'm starting to wonder: Could Zadina have some sort of you know breakout if Hill was fired?
0: That's the other thing I, and that's one thing that I brought up. People like, that's just excuses. Blaschel has mismanaged Zadina. That's what he's done yeah. in other areas. Blaschel has been good with rookies. I mean, immediately putting a Lucas Raymond on the top line when people thought there was even a slim chance that he'd make the team this season and he's thrived, uh, done great. I mean, insider is raw talent, but again, the coach needs to play him. I mean, that's what you got to do. The coach says you get this many minutes. And starting him off from the beginning with over 20 minutes a night, that's it's all blash. But on the flip side of the coin, he benches Zadina, he gives Zadina 18 minutes one night, 12 minutes the next night, nine minutes the next night, back up to 15, fourth line, first line, second line. You for a kid who's 22. Also, I love Moose scored again. It's amazing. <laughs> but for a kid who is 22, he needs consistency. And he needs consistency with good quality line mates that can help him develop and an Adam Ernie and Sam Gagne, not helping, not at all. Um, nine minutes a night when you're playing 13 minutes the next night, also not helping it's consistency is key. And I think that's where Blaschel has kind of hurt him and probably made him a little angry and a little discouraged is that he's not getting consistent play or rewarded for good play when he does play well. I think that's the thing he's victim of the Blasio blender is what he's been this season. So
1: it seems like he's like the whipping boy.
0: Yeah. Like he's a new Anthony Mantha. bad. Yep. Yeah. But he hasn't helped himself though.
2: I think the, wh- the whipping boy thing with Zanina, I mean, more often than not is warranted. It, it, and that's why I just kind of laugh at the fact that we had people coming after us today saying that we're, Zadina stands and, mm-hmm. yeah, and <laughs> like, God forbid that you try to look at both sides of the story for this kid.
0: Lord, you say one positive thing. You're you're a Zadina defender.
2: He's unlucky, but he's also been shit. There's really yep. been, it's one, one story or the other. I mean, like there's a couple games ago. I remember tweeting out, he probably had one of the best shifts of the season that he was up and down the ice, stole the puck, was able to actually put on a huge forecheck, and then the whole thing was destroyed by a shitty hooking call. Dick mm-hmm. got vertical or parallel to the ice too easy for the official to make. And they ended up getting scored on shortly after.
0: And
1: I also think that he's somebody driven a lot by confidence. I mean, he's even said it in interviews, Absolutely. Um, you know, when he's, when he's feeling himself, he's on, but like, he plays such a heady cerebral game that he's like, he has like the brain of a goalie in the body of a forward, you know? Um, he gets in his head and he's just down in the dumps. And he well, Dennis
0: syndrome. Yeah. Dennis Chalowski's issue, the the skills were there. talent was there. You could see it. But when something went wrong, it ruined his entire game. Mm-hmm. And it, the game went to shit because he could not get out of his own head. And that's what, what Ned said. And that's Ned's thing as they say, how, how do you maintain being – Like, good. Like, how do you do it? He's like, you have to have the memory of a goldfish. You can't let anything past five seconds worry you because it's over. That already happened. You can't take it back. Why? Why let it bother you? And I think that's what some hockey players, that's, that's their, the crux of their thing is that they can't get out of their own head. And like I said, then you we get saw on that social media and you yeah, see the sure.
1: discourse. That's
0: the worst thing. Like, would absolutely
2: not have one of an yeah, athletes,
0: especially in Detroit. Do not go on social media. It's terrible. Boy, I never, never read the replies.
2: <laughs> Dude, we, we're light in comparison.
0: So before we move on to the last section of the night, I just need to read a quick message from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. An update on Red Wings rookies. Uh, Moritz Sider on that assist on the Dylan Larkin goal became only the second rookie defenseman in the last 25 years to have 40 assists. He is uh, leading the Red Wings in ass, so it's great. <laughs> Once he gets that A, oh, he's definitely gonna uh, be the ass man. Well, we can't did, wait I, for that t-shirt. It, again, it's something that we talked to Daniella about. I could see Mo Sider getting an A next season. That's Just, I mean, do the A in the corner and then go ass man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the Photoshop. Uh somewhat, it was <laughs> Rowan tried photo uh, like uh, put a picture of Darren Helm and painted put a C on his chest. And then I took it and put a minus next to it. But yeah, I think that is, I struggle. I really struggle with this because I want to really, I, I'm rooting for Phillips Zena. That's the thing. Me None too. of us want him to fail. None of us want him to do bad. We want him to be the goal scorer that he said he was going to be because that is something we really need. We need secondary scoring. I mean, we need defense more, but we need secondary scoring. And and we all want him to be that player And Larry Murphy even said, it's like, he's gripping the stick, gripping too hard. He's waiting. He is second guessing himself on taking shots. He's not moving to open ice when he needs to move to open ice. He's trying to play OV office and shoot the puck. But when he shoots the puck, it goes directly into the goalie, like we said. and it's He needs to almost reinvent his scoring or figure out what he needs to do to get better opportunities or else we're not going to be having this conversation next season because he's not going to be on a team.
1: I'm starting to wonder if he, like if things would be different, if he'd practiced with like, you know, Verona, somebody who can point at a point somewhere, shoot and boom, there it is. Who he should I have mean, been
0: paired with since Verona came back. Have they done that since he got back or no? Tonight. I looked at the card tonight and the second line. What uh, had Verona and, and Zadina on it. So. That was the thing. He had great chemistry with Verona last season. I mean, they were the checkmates. It was Verona, Zadina, Hronik. So, and that's what you, th- you would think coming in, Verona coming back from injury, and I mean, being absolutely on fire, and you're trying to get Zadina going, why don't you put him with the dude who he played very well with last season? And But again, Jeff Blaschel knows best. Blashel Blender, right? And yeah, the past yeah. five games, it's driven me absolutely insane because. I look at a card and it's like he threw darts at a fucking board with a blindfold on For experience. First line, Adam Ernie experience fourth uh, line, Jordan Osterly. <laughs> I just gave Ryan an aneurysm. Was. <laughs> but that's, that's
2: the conundrum though. That I think you've met we're in really though. It's that Blasio leaves. Like you said earlier, does that spark? As Adina coming into next season with a renewed maybe one or two year deal and a brand new coach be like, all right, it's starting over day one. Let's go. And he comes out shooting like, like a Caulfield is that now Caulfield's got a very unique shot. So
1: I don't think he's going to be Caulfield, but it's, is he
2: going to do that? No, Cole, Cole Caulfield ever since he was drafted, that shot has been there. He's been one of the most purest shooters in hockey, but you could argue for a bit that Zadina has a pure shot like that. Maybe that can click with a new coach, depending on how he's used, yada, yada, yada. Sure. However, to the other point, as we've already heard, maybe you just ship him out. Maybe that's the scenery, new scenery that he
0: needs. It's all where do you it's, think the value is? Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: you're going to get him cheap, and that's what's going to be key going into the offseason is you know that you're he's not going to be making, if he's making more than a million bucks a year, I'll be amazed because I can see him getting tendered and then maybe someone puts a claim in, but I really
1: doubt it. And honestly, like, um, you know, that that's, that's kind of my worry with like a trade too. Um, What kind of value do you expect to get out of him? If you can possibly, you know, get somebody to part with that first round pick, one of those later first round picks, I'd say take it and run. But I mean, I don't really foresee that happening unless somebody really you know, pulls the "I can fix him"
0: game. Maybe is your best case scenario. Someone offer sheets. Philip Zadina for what? Fourth round pick. Yeah, let me pull up the well, if offer it's a four, sheet. If calculator. it's a fourth round pick, of course you're gonna match. You're gonna match the offer. But I don't know. It's hard to say because again, you know the skill is there, right? I mean, you've seen well. it.
2: You got to hope that his contract's going to be over 1.3 million to even get anything out of it. So,
1: yeah, it looks like anything over 1.395 million is a third round pick for compensation. And I mean, at that point I would just sign it. There's no way anybody's going to actually put in, you know, cock yeah. and the Emmy money for Zadina.
0: No oh God. I mean, that would be, that's your best case scenario. I guess <laughs> if someone puts in cock and the Emmy money. Would I be mad if Zadina got traded? I think at this point, I'd almost be maybe happy for him because looking at how, like I said, his deployment and everything, and part of it is his fault at at times, but at other times it's not. The times that it's not is when it really, really sucks because you can see he has three really good games playing with Dylan Larkin and playing with Lucas Raymond and playing uh, getting power play time. And then the next game he shipped down to the fourth line. And that's, I mean, that's a killer, especially if you're a guy who who's driven by confidence in, in how the coach has confidence in you and plays you. And we don't know the conversations behind the scenes. Maybe he's been talked to about it. Like, Hey, you've been really good, but unfortunately we have to play on the fourth line, even then that's shitty. But I mean, I, I would almost feel better if he went somewhere and and got like a fresh start, and ended up having like the first season he's gone having a twenty twenty five goal season, because I think would awesome. shut a lot of people up.
2: Yeah, but then you have the people like, oh, they had this guy, they could have kept him, and why did you train him so. for more?
0: And blah, deservedly blah, blah, blah.
2: so. You're damned if you do, and you are damned if you don't. As of right now, that is the that is the type of guy that he is right now. Like it's you don't know, and. It's no wonder he's so polarizing. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> That's why I set that, put that out there. Zadina,
0: like, Verana, and there's a goal. No way. What a shot. Was it a Zadina goal? It was a Phillips goal. Oh my Zadina God. Goal. Zadina
2: finally picked a corner. Oh, oh, oh.
0: See? see what happens, Jeff Blashley, you fucking idiot. See what happens. <laughs> why didn't you I do that? I knew that conversation, Look or I would go that. back and
2: find it and be like,
0: derp. Look at that. A beauty. What he a- picked. What he should be doing all season, and now we can go rub what it in play the faces Rana. of people on Twitter. <laughs> like, look at this. You see that? But I mean, that's that's what they do.
2: Just respond back to that long conversation you've been having with Dirk. What now? That's what I say. What now?
1: Just what? What were you saying? Mm-hmm, or that? What, I like Dirk. What were you saying? Dirk is better. Mm-hmm. Just respond with like a single period and just yeah.
0: ratio him, or just the <laughs> word goal. Uh, I just it's, and that's what you, exactly what you want to see. That is an, a goal by Zanina with assists from Suter and Verano. That's a great second line, a great second line. And then, but then the question is, what do you do with Berggren? Because Berggren's a middle six player. I would say more second line. I'm okay with Bergen starting on the third line. I mean, that's a, that's a decent playmaking just threat about on say, the third yeah. line. Like Robbie Fabry uh middle i guess you could put robbie fabry joe valeno jonathan bergerin like that i mean that too could be a dangerous line valeno's but then been, what do you do with pia suitor i mean again i picked <laughs> up center. i picked up ryan strome but you could not and then just keep pia Suter on the second or you could flop Suter and valeno you could put valeno's been playing very well i mean he's found his yeah. game lately he's picked it up you could put we That's hope totally strong we hoped the ceiling for Valeno was second line center. And if he could be second line center and your second line is Vrana, Valeno, and Zadina, I'm okay with that. I mean, Valeno's big. He can throw the body. He's, he's the guy you can use as kind of your physical force on the second line. And then you move down. I mean, you, then your third line would be Suter and Fabry and Berggren. And I'm okay with that too because for as much shit that some people give Pia Suter for being small... He's been effective nearly all season. So I guess uh, these are good problems it's to have. These are not bad problems. Five on have. five
2: defense or three on three.
0: Yeah. Well, these are not bad problems to have having too many good people, right? That's why I'd
2: be all for getting a Strom. I'd call it a good bringing back it. as a Dina. And then now i don't know how big is Strom. do you know if anybody know offhand
0: no but i have quick access i'd to be Google. fine with him
1: or i mean vincent Trochek. like yeah i
0: he's been linked to detroit a lot you um, know it's funny yeah i tried to figure out i'm like well Trochek and Strom. what's the age difference they were born on the exact same day no way yes their birthday is both oh, july that's 11
2: i'm like brome's six one one ninety
0: one. yeah he is he's six one no uh uh EP, which I trust more for height and weight, six one one ninety four. So, I mean, it's a three-pound difference, but let's see Yeah, three pounds okay. can
1: make a difference when Weird. you're, leveling up. <laughs> I'm on NHL.com.
0: Yeah, well, we found out NHL.com was wrong with uh, a couple people's stuff. So <laughs> That's
1: very true. If you guys uh, want to go down a rabbit hole, look up their uh, Hockey Pride Initiative, see how far that's come. Uh, they've still got Max Domi and Montreal as their uh, – the pride representative there, the ambassador, that's like, what, three teams
0: ago? Well, didn't they have JVR yeah. for Carolina? Mm-hmm. Ryan, what was, uh, what was Ryan Strome's height and weight, did you say? For NHL.com. Okay. 6'1", 191. All right, well, per elite prospects, Vincent Trochek's 5'10", 183.
2: So. so take your pick. I yeah. mean, Strome fits the Iserman size quotient, I guess you could say. Is this like when
1: dudes say, like, no, actually I'm a lot bigger? Yeah. Then, yeah no. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm six two. It's like, no, you're not, buddy. You're 5'11. Like, get out of here.
1: Cole Caulfield comes up to you
0: and he's like, No, actually I'm six foot. No, you're a third grader. Go <laughs> learn shapes. Like, I mean, that's that's I think where we're gonna end it tonight. I mean, we've lamented enough, but I think it's a really good question to ask because you a lot of people are gonna go into next season, you're gonna see a lot of these rosters pop up that people are trying to build. And I guarantee you, none of them are going to be correct because we don't know what's going to happen. But a lot of people are going to find that it's going to be fairly difficult to build a roster for next season because of what is going to happen and who needs spots. So people go into thinking it's fun. It's not fun. I thought it would be fun. And I'm looking, I'm like, I can't plug in Simon Edmondson because he's not in the system. So I'm like, fuck it. Give me someone who I know he can match in his rookie year. So I put in Boquist. Great. Um, I, the, and then I guess the Positive point of an uproar too, the point, yeah. People are like, well, who's trading for Boquist? I'm like, no one, he's a filler because Edmondson's not in the system. Yeah. Uh, I think it had with the, with what I put adding Ryan Strome, uh, Boquist was subbed for Edmondson because I think that's what he could provide from the get-go. I think it had us at uh, ninety points overall on the season next season, and that all also depends on what Jonathan Berggren actually actually provides because he has no NHL stats. Um, I had another fun experiment where I added Johnny Gaudreau, but that's not one I'm going to talk about because that'll make people even more pissed off. I'd love yeah, you're that playing Johnny NHL Goudreau. 22,
2: is what you're saying? Sure,
0: uh, he's a free agent in the off season, but mm-hmm. Johnny Gaudreau is going to cost you eight million plus a season, so.
2: Yeah. Would I like it? If they don't sure. win the cup this year.
0: He's not, he's not leaving that team. Yeah. Would, I, would I like it? Sure. Would Iserman do it? I don't think so. It may be fun because Larkin and Goudreau are friends. So.
2: <laughs> um, here, then we got Jake over here tweeting out just chaos.
0: <laughs> he's starting. He's a firestorm yeah. over here. Oh, no. my gosh. <laughs> Dropping bombs. Jake, is there anything you want to promote before we sign off tonight? Um. Well, if you guys
1: missed, um, I think last week or the week before I was on the, uh, unsung Octopi podcast.
0: Yeah. We shouted out. I told Adriana, I would give them a shout out in one of our episodes and I gave them a shout out because she does awesome stuff. And she's so yeah, nice. she's a real
1: one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, if you guys haven't seen it, I've interviewed Darren McCarty. Um, we asked him a ton of questions about, you know, the, the brawl and everything like that. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I post Usually post weekly articles, um, you know, just kind of detailing takes and different things about the Red Wings. Um, so my Twitter handle is at Rivard NHL. That's R I V A R D N H L. NHL. Um, hoping to hear more from you guys. I really appreciate having me on. Um, and I hope everybody has a great rest of their week.
0: Yeah, man. We love having you on. We always need someone to chat to. Ryan.
1: I
2: really don't have anything. I, my brain is mush after having to watch the comments today and against what Zadina is or isn't. And if he was with better coaches, better line mates, every other fucking excuse, or the fact that he just sucks, like it's, I can't. And then he, he comes out tonight and fires one top shelf in a beautiful spot that the goalie can't get to on a cross-ice pass. Like that's the type of shit you want from him. That's all yeah. you need from him. I shouldn't say all you need from him, but that's what he's there, ideally air quotes to do. Maybe just so,
0: try maybe stop trying one-timers and actually uh, shoot in stride?
2: Yeah, just get open, and then things happen. It's crazy how that works in the NHL. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's there's 12 games left after this, after tonight. I don't know, there could be 11 games left by the time this is posted. So, what was your line? Endure the what? Uh, endure the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> endure the Detroit Red Wings for these final 11 games. So, that's all I got. Already Ryan 33.
0: As Samuel L. Jackson would say, "Hold on to your butts." That's what he um, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Uh, we would like give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod on Twitter, who is so gracious and hosts us and gets us awesome opportunities. We may have a new sponsor coming up. Uh, it's going to be super cool. We're going to need a lot of people yeah. to use our promo code so we can get them to sign on long term. Um, but it's a twenty percent off promo code, and that's like really good. Um, But I can't say anything now because they haven't sent us our lovely gift boxes for us to promote it yet. So it'll be really awesome when they do. We also can give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit sports apparel uh, jerseys. They do all of them. It's amazing. Their work is next to none. And Lynn and the people over there do just do fantastic stuff. We love working. They're so nice. They're They're just so nice. In a world full of shitty people, they're very nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> they got me an amazing,
1: amazing Raymond jersey. It's awesome. And I could not, not be so more good. thankful for them.
0: It's so good. Uh, we also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape, where if you, if you use the promo code Grindline, you will get 10% off your order. If you use the same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you will get 12% off your order. That's where I got this sweet shirt. Hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Mighty Psyducks, Uh, They do a lot of cool hockey Pokemon themed shirts, and it's like, Hits two of my weak spots at one time. It's awesome. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Oh, you can also go on redbubble.com to find our merch. If you go to redbubble.com and search the grind line, all of our stuff is there. Go get yourself a Lucas Raymond or Mo Sider shirt or Dylan Larkin. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. And thank you, Jake. Uh, you stay classy, hockey town.